Your English number 35, The End of the World is Near, Part 2. Hi, I'm Marianne Reynaud. In this episode, we'll be working on the second part of The War of the Worlds. First, you will listen to the continuous reading, and then you will have the listen and repeat section. At the end, I will suggest some debate questions. Teachers of English as a Second Language will find lesson plans about the War of the Worlds on the website. So let's get started. The End of the World is Near, Part 2. Because of the incredible realism of the reporting, by 9 o'clock on October 30th, people actually thought the United States was under attack. In major cities such as New York and San Francisco, Families fled from their houses and apartments and ran to look for safety in the parks. Everywhere, citizens searched the sky for the invaders and even wrapped wet handkerchiefs round their heads to keep themselves from being gassed to death. One man called the local radio station to ask, What time will it be the end of the world? Women fainted in the streets and the emergency rooms of nearby hospitals were filled with screaming people. There were traffic jams in all the big cities of the nation. Suddenly, Orson Welles was startled to see the police force their way into the studio of the radio station where the play was being performed. They had been alerted about the growing panic. They ordered that Orson Welles make a series of announcements pointing out that this was not an actual news broadcast, but only the evening's fictional entertainment. The announcements had to be given four times before the play ended, but that was still not enough to calm the population now caught up in a nationwide fear of invasion. Further announcements had to be made as late as midnight. The following day, Orson Welles, who was only 23 at the time, apologized for what had happened. He said he had never thought he could make the American people believe that Martians had invaded the earth. He had not expected two million people to believe the news that was broadcast that night. Many years later, he admitted he had intended it to be a hoax. Orson Welles had in fact wanted the listeners that memorable evening to fall for a Halloween trick on the radio. He had simply broadcast his hoax the evening before Halloween, the 30th, and not on the 31st of October. Could this happen again? Could someone play such a trick on an entire country in our age of advanced technology? Some experts argue that people are even more gullible today than in the 30s. These experts speak of a headlong rush into irrationality with a capital I. Recent broadcasts have tried to make people believe in a Soviet missile attack in a film made for television entitled The Day After. Another example was a news program in which anchormen and journalists tried to make television viewers believe that terrorists had used nuclear bombs in South Carolina. But no one has ever come close to fooling the American people as much as Orson Welles did in 1938. Towards the end of his life, he admitted, it was fun to prove the radio could lie along with everything else. Don't we all wonder whether it could ever happen again?
Now listen and repeat. Because of the incredible realism of the reporting by 9 o'clock on October 30th, people actually thought the United States was under attack. In major cities such as New York and San Francisco, families fled from their houses and apartments and ran to look for safety in the parks. Everywhere, citizens searched the sky for the invaders and even wrapped wet handkerchiefs round their heads to keep themselves from being gassed to death. One man called his local radio station to ask what time will it be the end of the world? Women fainted in the streets and the emergency rooms of nearby hospitals were filled with screaming people. There were traffic jams in all the big cities of the nation. Suddenly, Orson Welles was startled to see the police force their way into the studio of the radio station where the play was being performed. They had been alerted about the growing panic. They ordered that Orson Welles make a series of announcements pointing out that this was not an actual news broadcast but only the evening's fictional entertainment. The announcements had to be given four times before the play ended. But that was still not enough to calm the population now caught up in a nationwide fear of invasion. Further announcements had to be made 
as late as midnight. The following day, Orson Welles, who was only 23 at the time, apologized for what had happened. He said he had never thought he could make the American people believe that Martians had invaded the earth. He had not expected two million people to believe the news that was broadcast that night. Many years later he admitted However, he had intended it to be a hoax. Orson Welles had, in fact, wanted the listeners that memorable evening to fall for a Halloween trick on the radio. He had simply broadcast his hoax the evening before Halloween, the 30th, and not on the 31st of October. Could this happen again? Could someone play such a trick on an entire country in our age of advanced technology? Some experts argue that people are even more gullible today than in the 30s. These experts speak of a headlong rush into irrationality with a capital I. Recent broadcasts have tried to make people believe in a Soviet missile attack in a film made for television entitled The Day After. Another example was a news program in which anchormen and journalists tried to make television viewers believe that terrorists had used nuclear bombs 
in South Carolina. But no one has ever come close to fooling the American people as much as Orson Welles did in 1938. Towards the end of his life, he admitted it was fun to prove the radio could lie along with everything else. Don't we all wonder whether it could ever happen again? Questions. One, what do you know about Orson Welles and the radio play The War of the Worlds? Two, could we broadcast false news today and make TV viewers believe it was the truth? Three, are people just as gullible, i.e. ready to accept anything they're told, as they used to be in the past? Four, in what way do certain advertising campaigns exploit the gullibility of their audiences? Five, how can we teach young people and even adults to be more critical about what they hear or see in the media? That's the end of this episode. We'll be back very soon with other text dialogues or lists of expressions for you to listen to, repeat, complete and or comment on. If you want additional practice, you can try our other series, Quality Time ESL Podcasts and 5-Minute Tops. For more information, go to our website, Quality Time ESL. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now.